0: This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. And here's a word from our sponsors.
1: Yo, what's good? This is Barry Harrison, a.k.a. the Stars Barber. And uh, I just want to come at you today and tell you how Schedulicity has changed my life. Like, number one, it's changed my life because it helped me get more organized I was able to structure my day, structure my week. Um, I know what type of revenue I have coming this day. If I need to run out, run an errand, uh, if I want to take lunch, I'm able to do all these things. And it just helps to structure uh, a barber or stylist or anyone that's in an appointment-driven industry. You're able to maximize your time. And time is something that you can't get back. So I value my time. And I love the customer service. And I've been with Schedulicity for over almost 10 years. I've been rocking with them for almost a decade. So happy to be part of the family. Happy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I sit with my best friend Tone. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? So today we have uh, we had two first. So this morning we got up really, really early, and we did our first cooking segment. So we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Mr. Tony's uh, family favorite salsa out there. So uh, you know, we, so addictive. I know. So uh, you know, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully we have the video out. But if not, look forward to it. We're uh, we're, we're gonna put out Tony's uh, famous salsa. Um, a uh, 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 video or how to make his famous salsa. So you guys would definitely enjoy that. Love that. Uh, get, get us back to us. And if you make it, man, let us know, because we're excited about that. That's what we're doing. It is to kind of took
0: second place in the competition with that. You took with the
2: salsa? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know you did because I think. You, well, I don't know how you didn't take first place on it because that stuff is incredible.
0: Because when I did it on the grill, it was too much smoke. They said, "Oh, it's too barbecuey."
2: Oh, you're like, oh, come, come on, come. man. That's yeah. what that's what makes it good, man. Right. You know, to do that. So uh, today we're excited because we have another first. We're actually talking to Mr. Amon Carver. However. However, uh, our buddy Matt Sweeney was the one that kind of hooked us up with him on, and uh, and Matt Sweeney, man, he's got a little uh, he's got a little grill ego though himself, man, because he's calling you out about how he makes the best steak
0: in the house. So, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> have to tackle that competition. You know, <laughs> know what <laughs> I mean? I'll definitely uh, pick him up on that.
2: Yeah, that definitely. You guys,
0: yeah, uh, I'm not going to hide from that. you are not going to hide from that. We're mm-hmm. going to go. We're going to go
2: all in. So, you know, look forward to having Matt Sweeney on. He might be one of our first episodes. Um, if we can, if we can. Except he lives in Minnesota, so he's not going to be cooking at like. He'll be cooking frozen steaks even off, <laughs> coming off the grill, <laughs> Minnesota. is right. crazy, um, but like I said, yeah. So we have Amon Mon Carver um, on the podcast today, and uh, you know, Amon is part of like the three headed monster of Lonza. You know, it's Amon, it's, it's Leah Freeman, and it's Matt Sweeney um and uh listen if you follow amon on instagram like i do like amon is such a good-looking dude that even like straight guys are like
0: that's a good-looking dude you know he probably has the best physique in hairdressing uh, oh my yeah i don't know who you would argue with right i mean oh my god
2: what did you do right and, and by the way like 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 as good-looking as Amon is, like, his husband's even better-looking than Amon. Like, <laughs> you, you, you're just all kind of like, damn, who are these dudes, man? Right. You know?
1: Yeah. So,
0: but, you know,
1: it, it, you know just, Right. But even, 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 you
0: know, even, you know, the pre-talk, uh, you know what I mean? Just he, He's such a cool dude. Such
2: a cool dude. Um, definitely a big part of our industry and, like, and like has made... Uh, I mean, listen, man, just... It's a cool dude. I'm really... I'm really happy that that he's in the industry with us. Yeah, this, this, this kind of sound like I was flirting with him a little bit. Maybe I was. I don't know. <laughs> let, let, let's go ahead and bring him on in. on Carver, welcome to your day off.
3: Not my type, bro. Not my type. <laughs> 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 Too
2: <Exactly. laughs>
3: old. That's Not awesome. <laughs> glad be, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. But before we go any further and talk about all the things. I have to say one thing for everybody that's listening, and I will let you guys butcher it for this episode, but right after this because we are going to be officially friends. My name is Ammon like Salmon. Oh, Ammon! Ammon like Salmon. Like, ah. uh, yeah, right, cool. yeah. Don't worry, I could have told you on the pre-show, but I like I like to actually talk about that because there's so many people that feel like they know me because of social media and stuff. And I will DM with them, and they'll talk to me, and they're like, "Oh, I know, I've known on for so long." And I'm like, it, "It's kind of weird when you don't know how to say my name, and then you tell people how well you know me." So that's right. my little trick to tell people, is, Amon like salmon."
0: Ammon,
2: so like salmon. Listening,
3: that. that's how you get or jamming Amon or whatever. <laughs>
0: jamming Amon. <laughs> I got that we, we're <laughs> in
3: but, and
0: I, I can't believe everybody that we've talked to to "You know, we, you know, we have Ammon coming on." They didn't uh, correct us. Oh no, Leah did. She did. Yeah, <laughs> Leah,
2: yeah. Leah. Sounds, like, sounds
3: like Leah. Most people. Well, no, I don't. Honestly, I don't care. It's right. until somebody says we're good friends, and then they don't say my name correctly. I'm like, eh, we should probably fix that. Oh, we weren't
0: good know. friends <laughs> until then. How <laughs> was that? Yeah, now, yeah, now I have no, no, no.
3: expectations. Yeah, That's
0: That's
3: it, man. Emma, it, man, well, I'm welcome glad to be here. here.
0: Yeah, thanks uh, for yeah. hanging
2: out, and um, and uh th- you know, thanks for uh, making the time for us. I know we're on a tight schedule, so I, we kind of want to get in. Um, Emma, wh- where are you from?
3: Uh Originally from Utah, which is actually where I'm at right now. Um, I'm in my parents' home, the home that I grew up in. Um, so I lived here until I was about 17 years old, had a quick little moment where I went to Colorado, started my hair school journey, came back here, um, did the whole messy breakup with a hairdresser guy that I was with at the time and decided instead, and we worked in the same salon. And then, so instead of starting over at about age of 21, I was like, you know what? I have $5,000 in the bank account. I'm going to move to New York city and see. New York city was good to me. So I lived there for about. It held in, but, um, now, and then I just moved to Chicago recently, like, uh, about three years ago, but today in Utah, originally from Utah.
0: Did you always know that you growing up, did you want it to be a hairdresser?
3: No, 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 no. Um, Let's see how do, do, how do I do this without the all the emotions and all this stuff. I guess it's good for people to see to, to know yeah, the story. Yeah. So, grew up in a town in Utah where um, being a hairdresser was never even in my realm of thought. I actually thought I was going to be a horse trainer. Um, I I love animals, love working with horses. I used to do competitive like uh, show horse riding and stuff. Um, not bragging, but I won like three national championships as a youth exhibitor. I was pretty freaking good at it. Cool. Uh, I thought I thought that was going to be my career, uh, and then I turned 16 and I came out of the closet. And it was, a, you know, it's a difficult area to try to find yourself and deal with personal guilt and you know religious backgrounds and just trying to figure out where where you fit really. And so um, one of the clients that they used to ride horses for um he kept his horses in denver and then would ship them into utah like a few months before the show season for us to get them in condition and ready to go he knew of my situation said sounds like you could use a break from your town to find like a little like space and discover who you are um why don't you come stay at my place in colorado and and you know find out who you are right. and so i moved to colorado um, And then I promise I'm not trying to make this a long story, but (laughs) I I, I got there and it was great. But, you know, when you're insecure about where you fit in the world, having alone time, at least for me, isn't a a really good thing. My brain can go to some dark places about like where I'm at. And I was really, it was a very, very challenging time for me trying to understand the the way to love and accept myself for who I was. And the reason I say that is because, the guy that invited me there, he could see that I was almost the worse off. I was, I was in a really bad. I didn't have any friends. I was really in this place where I was like, oof, just feeling awful and guilty and wrestling with all the stuff that's really terrible that we have to deal with now, um, or that we did not so much now. But the pivotal moment and the moment that I went from horse trainer Ammon to hairdresser Ammon was when he he said to me the way this guy made his money for his horses was he owned a chain of hair salons and a hair school in Denver, and he was like, "You know, you need friends, I know you need people to talk to that you can relate to. Why don't you go to my hair school And I was like, bro, I just told my parents I'm gay, like <laughs> probably shouldn't become a hairdresser they're they're gonna lose it um but i but I took them up I took them up on the offer like plain and simple is that uh, is pathetically it might sound or as vulnerable as it might sound I guess is a better word vulnerable is I didn't have any friends. Um, I needed somebody, to, some people to connect with and, and feel okay. And I remember the first day of hair school, clear as day, like every detail of that day because it like changed my life. Cause I walked in and all of the things that I was unsure of about myself or that I didn't believe in in myself. I met a group of people that were like, you're so dumb, you're awesome. And they helped me celebrate and let go all of the things that made me Question and doubt who I was or who I am, and learned to teach me. Like because of hairdressers, I learned how to love and accept myself. So before I even picked up a brush or a pair of scissors, I was like, I'm going to be part of this industry because they literally saved my life and helped me learn to be okay with who I am. And is my it's been my mission. I'm not only soapbox right out of the gate, but every every. Event that I do, everything that I try to do, I put my heart into, and I try to make sure that that type of impact is felt when I talk to beauty professionals. Is that they understand like what you do is not you're not just a stylist, you're not just a makeup artist. Like you, you connect with people's lives, and you can impact the life of a person that you might not even meet, like a 17 year old boy or 18 year old boy that grew up in Utah that just needed an example of an industry that would celebrate who he was and and So I try to pay that forward with every single bit of me and every single event that I do. And that's how I became a hairdresser.
2: That's amazing. It kind of reminds me, hopefully we don't get sidetracked here, but it kind of, there's a Michael Jordan quote about like, um, somebody was like, you know, Michael, you play 84 games a year. You know, why do you give it your all every time? And and Michael said, because there might be somebody in the stadium that's never seen me play, you know, And, and it kind of, kind of reminds me of that. Like, like, Aman saying like like no I'm giving it my all because we can make a bigger impact or, or we can be a we can be a positive role model. Yeah, there's um, another
0: 17-year-old Ammon out there that you know what I mean that that doesn't have any friends or doesn't have anybody that they that they feel lost or they feel by themselves. You know what I mean yeah. they can relate. I, that's a beautiful that. story, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man.
3: Beautiful. And honestly I, I, that was that was a long time ago. I was 16 when I came out. It's a different world now, but that doesn't mean there's still there's still people that, uh, that have those challenges, you know, in different parts of our country where they just have doubts about whether their family will keep loving them or, or just thought, and those things, it's so sad, but I, if I can do one thing in effect, it's, it's my commitment to just making sure that I speak my truth authentically, vulnerably, and set that up for people to say like, it's okay to be you and you don't have to fit into a mold. Um, You know, for a while there, I thought my, my role or my goals needed to be centered around being the best hairdresser or the the you know the most published or winning the most awards. And um, as I've gotten older and wiser, as they say, I've had little reminders that just like remind me that my role in this industry is to help remind hairdressers that they have the ability to really not kind of but really change the way the world. Um, can be and interact with each other that beauty has the ability to transform communities
0: oh that's awesome and and you said you're at your parents house did you i mean obviously i mean how was that rebuilding that relationship were they was it quickly or or were they still uh, hurt
3: no so i mean they're here they can hear me i'm sure somewhere in the room so this (laughs) is um it was never it was i want to be very clear like there was never a problem from my family they uh you know they were, my family, thank goodness, even though, you know, we do have a religious background, they believe in unconditional love very first. And I think that's why a lot of people were, they get surprised when they, they hear that I came out of the closet at 16. They're like, wow, you're so brave. And I was like, but when your family makes you feel like no matter what you do, that they will always love you, you're not afraid to say things like that. It might be disruptive, mm-hmm. um, but there was no, there was no throw down here. It was... There was emotion, sure, um, but it, most of what I was dealing with had to do with my worry about the outside world and their perception of me, or what I had thought that I had caused the perception on my family, and that sort of guilt made me feel terrible. It made me feel like, what did I do? Did I choose at the time? Of, uh, you know, did I choose to do this? And now I'm dragging my family through all of this. So those were the things. But in my house, I mean nothing but love nothing but love
2: that's amazing that's beautiful yeah you know i mean i'm going to um you said that at 16, you kind of, you know, you were figuring out who you were, and I'll tell you, in my own journey, like I didn't—that wasn't even some place that I went until I was up in my mid 30s, right? So, and it, uh, just about who am I? Why am I here? And, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if to subtract like 16 years from there, and like where like your brain's a little less mature, your frontal lobe isn't even like fully developed yet, like, like, like that's pretty, that's pretty amazing, and and I think that. You know, the, the the story or the love that you spread to the industry isn't for every 16 year old gay kid. It's for everybody that's that's trying to find themselves To to and we still get even in the industry, we still get like parents that are like, you want to be a hairdresser? You know, so yeah, so just, yeah. just 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 that you give pe- people permission, and I believe in giving permission. You know, the fact that you're giving people permission to, to 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 find themselves, whether that's as a hairdresser, as a gay kid, as a as an awkward kid, as a you know, I think I think uh, Robert Cromine says the best. You know, we're the industry of misfits, and like you're you're yeah. with that love, you're giving you're giving permission for um, you know, yeah, there. yeah, exactly, permission to oh, yeah. be uh, that. that's awesome.
3: I love that. I believe in authentic. Yeah, being your authentic self, whoever that is, just let that be, and then don't don't feel like you need to try to Mm -hmm. copy. It's good to have people that you want to be like and aspire to be like, and then those kinds of things. That's but that's different than um, abandoning who you are to try and be that person, right? So there's there's a special you in every single one of us. That sounds corny when it comes out of my mouth, but it's (laughs) true though. It's true. true. Yeah, like everybody has their own way that they they can come across and and they don't need to try to be um you know an influencer that does the same thing i mean if, the, we're, if we get too copycatty with each other the world is full of lots of noise with all this stuff and we just start to talk the same and sound the same and act the same there's so much diversity within us um and i love right now that we get to celebrate diversity because it's such a front of mind topic and it goes hand in hand for me with authenticity because diversity when people hear it right away diversity they think about racial background they think about that stuff but like there's diversity in thought there's diversity in all kinds of stuff so when we come to the table like my background and what I bring to the table because of the way I was raised is a completely different perspective than Matt's or Leah's like you guys have had on the show just because of the way we were raised so our input is diverse and our thoughts are diverse and if we Tried to do what we thought was the formula for the right thing and didn't trust our instinct or be our authentic self, then we wouldn't be able to move the industry forward because it'd just be repeating what we had learned somebody else told us to do, right?
0: That is so true. And, and you're speaking, and plus, it just gives you so much like flavor, and, and you know what I mean, and what you're doing is, is yeah. and it's not just you know the same old, same old, yeah, there's no doubt. That's all. So, so you went
2: to New York, and then um, what was your New York? Uh, what was your New York kind of journey?
3: New York is amazing. Like um, wow, so a long time there. So I went for. I first went there. Um, I didn't really have a job. <laughs> I didn't have a job. I had uh, already kind of had a little relationship with Matrix, starting as like a local educator, teaching salon classes and stuff. <laughs> And I said, Oh, I'm going to move to New York city. And I said, well, we'll make sure that we get you enough classes so that like you can pay your rent. And I was like, okay, well, that's helpful. That gives me something to like at least bank on. And then I applied for a job at the Warren Tracomi salon, which is like the bougiest salon in New York city, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny because it gave me also another perspective. It's in the Plaza hotel, people get dressed up. I had to wear a full suit to work and compartmentalize in the salon and they also had, like, um, uh, an agency for, like, uh, freelance artists that they would rep, too. And that was a big thing. A big dream of mine was to be a photo shoot session stylist that learned how to do, you know, hair for the big magazines and stuff. So I got there, got the job with, with Warren Tracomi, expressed interest in, in in working on that side. They said, well, you don't have any photos or portfolio. And I said, I don't care. I'll help, assist, whoever. So I did a lot of free work on set learning from some of the really, you know, some really, really great hairdressers, um, which helped me develop my eye and um, approach when it comes to session styling and the photo shoot work that I do. Um, And then I also worked in a salon where, you know, I understood the expectation of a client that really wants a luxury experience sometimes that can be over the top, um, but what is luxury experience? What are their actual expectations? You know, like, what do they need? So that served me because after I was there, you know, I I landed a contract with, uh, with matrix to be an artistic director, which was huge, gave me a nice stable income instead of one-off classes. I had this great salon that I was kind of growing and learning with the clientele. And I was slowly but surely building my portfolio to start doing some work and learning to network so that i was actually getting some of the jobs with these magazines so within that time period i was busy i was traveling around the world with with matrix introducing product lines i think uh in during the time i was there i went to almost 50 different countries across the world and like introduced the brand into the world so first of all how, how lucky like what hairdresser gets to travel around the world experience all these different cultures go in there and like launch a brand but do it in a unique way that's relevant to that culture and so I had to learn about that culture what mattered to them they got to take me around and show me all the cool things about those different countries and so those are experiences I'm like oh geez I'm so I'm so blessed to have had those experiences then on the same end I'm, I'm working with these great hairdressers get to Finally, get my work published in Vogue, Vanity Fair, you know, Marie Claire—all these ones that I'm like, "Wow, this is happening! This is happening!" <laughs> and um, this is the part where I would tell you, like, you, these, there's these moments that kind of remind you. So I, you know, um, I I was getting busy enough that the girl, the the freelance manager that I had, she was like, "I can't book you anymore. The L'Oreal has your days booked. Any other days, you're like in the salon. There's nothing for me to do except for kind of manage your schedule." I said, well, why don't you become my manager instead of my agent, right? You can kind of help me manage what I'm doing and kind of like, you know, keep me in, I can stay creative and you can kind of manage all that stuff. And she's like, that sounds good. So in that process, we got to the point where I had enough attention and press and celebrity and stuff that was happening that I would invite them to come into the salon, but they wanted to do a story about me. And the story, the salon was like, it was, it was conflict because the salon wasn't matrix only, but they wanted it to be a matrix and Ammon story. So, blah, 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 blah. so I said, I think we didn't, I think, I can't believe I'm gonna say this out loud, but I think I need to open up my own place. And I was like, oh god, I like <laughs> like I did just, not want to be a salon owner at all. He's later
2: complaining that he didn't have any time left and then and he thought like he could free up time by like opening a salon. Right. Nobody, <laughs> thinks that, <Ammon>. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thinks that Ammon. Nobody thinks <laughs> that.
3: Throw, throw it on there. But I was like, I, that way then when they when people come in, there's a full immersive like I understand who Amon carver is based on like what is what is the decoration? What is the experience? What's the energy like? And so we created a concept that was a hybrid hair, hair salon and photo studio. It was, guys, honestly, probably the most proud the proudest thing I've I've ever done in my life. Right now, it was really incredible. I um, opened the salon. The front half of it had was salon only, where clients were just regular, you know, clients getting hair services done. But it was they could look across the waiting room in the back half was a photo studio where we would either rent it out or have photo shoots happening simultaneously. So our clients would get a full head of highlights, but asked to be turned towards set so they could watch the photo shoot happen live and get this cool, like behind the scenes experience. And the part of it that, i didn't realize that worked really well in my favor was um because we had all that content all the clients would then jump on set really quick after they got their hair done and they were sure. these amazing like photos and our my my stylist would post it so within the first year we climbed up to one of the top five salons in new york city like in my wow. first year of opening, uh and then We entered Naha as a salon team and we won salon team of the year. And I honestly, this is kind of one of those ones I I was feeling like pretty hot shit. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was like, we're hitting covers of magazines. We're winning awards. I opened up my own salon in New York city. Like I'm the man. And then like the universe decided to smack me a little reminder. And uh, I sat down with one of the staff members that I, you know, I'm so grateful that I, that I, brought him on board because he's like you know what I want to do he said I want to go to India and I want to do haircuts for like kids living on the streets of India and I was like I'd go and he's like yeah you want to go and literally it started with a conversation that small and we said okay let's figure out how we can go and as we started to talk about it and I talked to Matt and I talked to Mark Bustos and all these friends that I made through the industry they were like dude I want to go dude I want to go and we were like, okay, so everybody, we're going to like host a cut-a-thon in all your individual salons. We're going to partner with a nonprofit out there that basically does like housing or uh, schools for kids living on the street. So they feed them, but the kids have to go to school. And... Our small little group, there was like one conversation turned into 17 very influential hairdressers helping raise money we raised in about a month's time. We raised $25,000, went to Mumbai, India for about four days and did haircuts for like 400 kids living on the streets of Mumbai, India, and gave them the ability to like create more of those schools. And that was the like moment where I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot why I did this in the first place. It wasn't to be the coolest or the most badass hairdresser. It was because what you know, some we can make a difference in the world. And it shifted. It shifted my mind and the way that I think about every project that I do. And how things come more from like a place of connection and a place from heart. Yes, I can teach technique. Yes, I want to help you make money. Yes, I want to help you be as badass as you can be behind the chair and make money. But more importantly, I want you to know that what you do matters. What you do makes an impact and can change people's lives. So that's wow. that's that's my mantra now these days, is remind people that you're a hell of a lot more than you think you are.
0: I love that how you came full circle.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: That,
2: that's badass. Have you um have you uh, looked into like Harriet or something when we had um we what was her name? Tabitha's friend. Oh yeah, I'm brain farting. But um, we had the uh, the, the woman. That, old. I know, right? We had the woman from um, from Hair Aid on, and she was saying that that in a lot of the Asian countries, the kids can't go to school if their hair hits their collar. So that's why yeah. haircuts are so important, right? So like they'll they'll actually tell them tell the boys that they have to leave school if their hair is hitting the collar. So you know what she does is she trains a bunch of like it's not really hairdressing necessarily, but she teaches people how to how to cut hair just for their communities. You know, so the boys don't get kicked out of school. You know. So it's, you know, to say that it makes a bigger impact, like you're making an impact if, if just by cutting their hair, these kids are now allowed to go to school. Right. Think about that. Like they don't get an education if they don't get their hair cut, you know, and like in, in, in that
0: in that we can impact even those, what those lives. What a powerful!
2: Yeah. Thing. Exactly.
0: They rescue yeah. young kids, uh, you know, out of the sex trafficking game, and, and yeah, Harry
2: so does. Yeah. yeah, and then they teach they teach these these women or these these, these uh, young boys young men how to a skill to compare, a skill exactly. So yeah,
3: so we uh, what, I mean, so right after that, we came back and um, we're officially it, it took us a little minute, but we're officially a five hundred one c what was it five hundred one c three certified like nonprofit organization called Humane Beauty for Change. Um, the the two or three of us with that small little conversation turned into this actual organization that can take, you know, donations. And we've been to Ethiopia since. But more importantly, what we realized was that, that those trips are epic. They're epic trips that are life-changing trips, but there's a lot of stuff that you can do right around where you're at. And and we're in the process of scaling. And I'm taking this not only that's Lonzo's vibe, so it's super you know what I mean? It's like right. it's easy because they we innately want to do this. so I get passionate about whenever we have things u s. said sex trafficking. That's a friend of mine for us at Lonzo I have conversationally right now too. Um but you know we as a salon um in New York, but just to kind of wrap up my my time in New York before I ended up saying uh, saying goodbye to it and moved to chicago we um we set up a regular um. A regular visit. Every eight weeks, we would go to this like a uh, youth um, homeless shelter. You know, kids that were there for a lot of different reasons. A lot of it had to do with sex trafficking or, you know, LGBTQ families who just they wouldn't accept them or lots of different reasons for with lots of varying degrees of trauma where they can stay there, get education. Um, and we would go in once every eight weeks and just give haircuts, hang out, teach them hygiene. In skills if they didn't get raised in a house where families found that important or, or knew how to teach them that. And it's it was the most rewarding experience. My studio when I owned it in New York City had almost zero turnover. We would have people come in, and that's when I realized more firmly than ever that when you connect a group of people to a purpose that they feel like they're making an impact, they don't start counting hours, they don't start building for overtime. Of course, I'm always I'm always fair, but like they they'll go to the earth to the moon and back if they feel like what they're doing matters and it makes a difference. And it was so amazing and so hard for me to say goodbye to that M and Carver studio, but it was the right time and the right chapter. I closed the book on, um, on that chapter of my life uh, because I felt a new calling and a new pull that pulled me to Chicago. And I, I don't think that life is supposed to keep going. I think it's supposed to take you on a journey and it was amazing. And I was like, now I need to give this so that, that guy that I had that conversation with we went to Mumbai, I said, how would you like to be a salon owner in New York City? And he's like, dude, I would never do that to you. And I'm like, <laughs> well, what if you took this salon and the clients and the family and you kept them together? And I looked at him, I said, you promised me this culture and this team and this vibe remains intact. And you've got a business that's ready to open up day one with a full, with a full book of, of people. Wow. And he was like, wow, so... They're all there together. They're still like I. I feel like I'm still there in spirit, um, and they celebrate. They're like, "Go do you and, and tackle your new journey and your new, your new, uh, your new mission that you have forward thinking in front of you." And and I, I look back at it with with missing, but also with like this fond the fondness of like that was awesome. What a great experience, and what a way for me to leave and be able to say, "Look at what I was able to accomplish." I can't wait to see what I can do next.
0: Wow. You know, what I'm, what I'm hearing, too, is that, I mean, you're, you know, a lot of people, they start something and they're going to stick with it. I started it. I'm going to stay with it. Right. And even though that they might be not necessarily over it or it's, you know, you know, the universe is, wants to pull you to a, to a new direction, uh, they, they stay with it. Right. And then next thing you know, 30, 40 years go by. And you know what I mean? You look back, it's like when something calls you, you listen. You know what I mean? Whether it's going to Colorado, whether, whether, you know, you wanted to start something because it's helping others or, you know, something you weren't afraid to try it or build something so successful and you weren't afraid to leave it. That's huge. Right. And so that to me, like even in the beginning of this podcast, you said you trust your gut and your instincts and you listen to it and to to leave that behind and that that takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage. it yeah, was
3: terrified. It's not, I mean, don't 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 get it twisted. It's not like when I make these oh. decisions that I don't have a gut like wrenching like. You better have ooh, a gut. But, but, I'm but saying, a lot of people don't do yeah, that. A lot of people know, will yeah.
0: hold on to what they have. They're afraid to do that. You know what I mean? And but you, but for some reason you you I know you're you're scared, but you embrace
3: that it's new. Never call. done me wrong, like ever. I I I listen to. It's not, I don't want to be philosophical about it, but like, I feel like the universe the universe presents opportunities all the time. Lots of times we don't even see them. They're like, here's a chance for you to either take it and run, or you can let it go and continue on the path like this. Or you can say, you know, where I'm going. Sometimes we get so laser focused on like where we want to be, and we think that this is the path to getting there. Instead of just trusting that the universe will get us there if we allow it to take us and we learned something that we needed along the way just by following a detour. And every single time that I've trusted my gut, when the universe, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very self-aware person. So like sometimes it takes a little tap and then sometimes after a while, I feel like the universe is like, how many times am I have to like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so then finally I'm like, all right, all right. I'm listening. i not no nobody understands this, but me, but the universe keeps it keeps coming into my head, or something keeps coming up that like is saying, "Go this, do this, trust this," and every time I have, I've I've never regretted it ever, ever, ever.
2: That's amazing. No, Amen. How long um How long have you been with the Alonzo uh, team?
3: Alonzo, seven, I think, seven years.
2: Was Matt there before you got there, or was uh Did you guys go in oh, as a team
3: long before? He's an old man, dude.
2: <laughs> yes he is yes he is
3: <laughs> but
2: dude i'm kind of like it brings up an intriguing question like you've got like these two like totally alpha dudes kind of did, did you get did you guys butt heads did you guys like have to have a like a like a greek wrestling match like, like on the like, side of a mountain you see these two big giants <laughs> exactly. these ramps with these
3: horns right <laughs> exactly. yeah I, I know, that's a funny metaphor but um i would say I would I wouldn't go as far as to say like there was like a a moment, but like I think there's respect, right? Like even on any photo shoot, when you have somebody who has a strong perspective, but you're both aligned to get the best, then you're not afraid to like push, right? So Matt and I have that with each other. Like I'm not afraid to tell him, like, I don't think that's I think we can do better. And then same way, like we respect each other's vision. I think Matt is incredible incredibly talented he's a visionary he trusts his gut but I also know and I trust like that what I have to offer is is valuable and so there's it's never a fight but it's always like a respectful it actually it's it's even less because now we're we more like can read each other before we even have to get that we're like a more line but even at first it's kind of like a push a push to you a push to me to make sure that like but right from the beginning, I told you that initial conversation, when we first talked on the phone, I think Matt just wanted to understand my intention and my intention of what I, like, I, I wasn't coming in to reinvent or dismantle the years of work that he had put into building a culture with, with Lonza. And, and one that he was very proud of, and I had to, like, say yo, like, that's why I'm coming. Like, I don't want to change that. Like, that's why I want to be part of this. And so once he understood that, like, I would be his ally in making that, like, bigger and that I could help him look at it from a different perspective or add more ideas so that it wasn't just all on him, because that creative process is hard sometimes. Sometimes ideas just come, and sometimes it's like, man, this one's taking a minute. I don't know why, but I just can't get into it. And when you have somebody to riff off with that you trust, And you have that psychological safety where you can say, I don't know if this is a dumb idea, but I got to say it out loud. Help me with it. We have that, right? So I can call Matt, I go, is this dumb? Like, I'm feeling something that's like this. And it's like a geeky creative conversation that somebody else would go, what are they talking about? But he's like, oh no, I, I feel what you're getting. And then all of a sudden it becomes, and it snowballs, and then it turns into something. And it's shaped out of something where if I'd held it together or tried to process it on my own, I don't know that I would have been able to get there. I need a person that I can banter and go with. And we have that relationship. So there was no alpha male fighting. It was more just like respect for one another. And like, I expect you to call me if I'm not being my best. And he he expects me to call him out if he's not being his best. If he doesn't show up the way that we need him to, I'm like, dude, go for a grass walk or whatever you have to do, but come back and show up as the leader we need you to be because this isn't you. And he's like, I'm like, I got this for a minute, but get it, get it together. And, and uh, I say it with love. I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it's a great, it's a great relationship. It really is. He's a great guy. Yeah.
0: yeah. And anytime you surround yourself with people that are just as strong, if not stronger than you, it, it, it's, you know what I mean? You're going in the right direction. Yeah, it's, it's keeping your eye on,
2: it's keeping your eye on the big picture and not in your ego. Right. But, but, but but it's hard, man. It takes, it takes a lot of years of experience to kind of like look past your own ego. Right. It, it, It takes a lot of like, it takes a lot of like, uh, Oh shit. A lot of oh shit moments to get past your own ego, right? Where you kind of have to look in and go, okay, how could have I approached that um, in a different way? And then, you know, moving forward, then that becomes like your new mantra. Like, like with them, it's all about like, no, it's about the image. It's about, it's about, it's about all of us and not just my opinion and stuff. And, and that's really, And good.
3: I remember when you first started the podcast, you talked about like the re, the three headed dragon, like me, Matt, and Leah. And and it's, it's, a, it's an amazing experience because We work very well together. We're very good friends, um, not just on stage or on camera, but in real life, it's a real thing. Um, But I think what we've also learned over the years to do is to help each other to share the, the load, right? So in the beginning, we were all involved in every project and it was like everybody had to approve on everything. And now there's this trust and there's this expectation that we all understand. So I'll say, for example, if Leah can take the lead on this and she keeps Matt and I informed and we jump in when there's critical decision points, but she can run with a certain project and then I can run with a certain project and be the lead so that we don't have to all be. And then that way we all have other jobs and other things and other, other, you know, you know, family life, th- just life mm-hmm. so that you don't get so spread thin that we can help each other out and we can balance the workload and be like, hey, like, I got this for a second, I'll run this part of it. I'll bring you guys in when it comes to like, what we need to make sure that we're super aligned on. But other than that, let it out of your brain, I'll carry this load for a second. And so it's, it's great to have that trust and to be able to balance it out and not have, like I said, uh, before, like, the burden of being the sole carrier of like that one thing to have people that's like, okay, You got this. Cool. I need a little break. I'm John. I'm still in the project, but like, if you can lead it and run it to a certain point, then uh, we can jump on stage and execute. And you have that trust that it's going to be amazing.
0: What What brought you to Lanza? I mean, you were with you know a big company, a big corporation, but what 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 brought you there?
3: It was again that universe. Just looking at my forehead. um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Wake up, uh, up. (laughs) Yeah, I. uh, I didn't really have a reason to, to leave. And that's what I want to make sure that, like, if anybody knows, like I was I was with Matrix. I was one of their top, if not the top requested artists there. I was in a good spot. Um, but I met David like by chance, and we had a, literally by chance at like some hair show offside, like at a bar, just like striking up a conversation. I had no idea who he was. Um, I don't even think he knew I was really, we were just kind of conversing friendly, and we talked and he painted the picture about a brand that you know cared about empowering hairdressers and helping them believe in who they can be and that they have the ability to inspire others and help um, not only our industry, but help themselves and others grow and in a lot of ways. And, and it was like this conversation where you go, holy shit, this is exactly like, that's everything I believe in. He just summarized everything that I believe in about who we are as an industry and i was like this is not a a coincidence that i'm sitting here with a guy that i would just ran into who literally just he he saw me right like he he stands for everything that i believe in so i we chatted after that we stayed in touch and i was like was that was that real and like let's talk about what this is and it little by little there's decisions that you make that you have to mull over and you have to kind of think about for a little while but that wasn't one of those. That was one of those where I kind of like I left that, and I was like, I need, I need to be part of this group. I need to be part of what they stand for, small, big. I need to feel like I, I loved it. I loved it, and uh, I loved my time with Matrix. But again, I was, I just felt this calling that said, this, this small brand can can literally echo those things that you've been thinking about. You know, it's like here's this little guy that's. This little brand that's barking all these beautiful, like you know, life-changing, earth, earth-changing kind of like impactful moments, and I was like, I want in, I need to be in, and so that kind of drew me to the brand. And then, thank God, their products are great. Have- <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was literally all all culture and nothing to do with the products at first. And then once I started using them, and I had incredible success, because I don't want to discredit like. Anybody wants to try Lonza, like that, that will bring you to the brand itself. They, they're incredible products. We, I'm so, I'm so grateful for that part of it, but people like it, it's a, I'm people follow people. That was my, my reason was the culture and was the the belief and the mission. Um, not so much about the bubbles and the bottle concept. Right. So I, uh, I'm there happily. Um, I'm, I'm a proud tribe member. I will be there for uh, as long as we keep beating this steady drum the way it is.
2: That is awesome. That man. is of course.
0: And again, you know, you, you, the universe is like you said, plucking at you. You had this this gut instinct, and uh, and you went for it. And you know what I mean. And I think we all maybe should, like you said, you know, the universe offers uh, opportunities all the time, and a lot of times we just don't see it, or we don't recognize it, or we're just numb to it because we're so focused in on what we're doing, mm-hmm. is to take a little bit of a a, a deep breath, relax, and uh, be more kind of in tune to, to your instincts, to your guts. And you never know what, what's, you know, can present itself to you.
3: I appreciate you asking me too, because a lot, I think a lot of people when they, a lot of people in the industry, if they just see a transition happen, if they see an artist jump from another brand, they could write their own story about what happened. Um, And so since I can, I want to go on record and let everybody know. Like when when I decided to say goodbye to Matrix, I called and my boss. He literally said, "I feel like my kid is going to college, and I'm not changing his room if he in case he ever wants to come back."
2: That's and
3: incredible. he did it in a way that was like, you know, you there was there was no hard feelings. He was like, "You follow your heart, kid. That's where you have always gotten you to where you are." So i love them i still consider them my family anytime i get recognized in the industry my matrix family cheers for me just as loud as the lawns people do and that's why i'm like brand aside you know like we're all in this for a bigger purpose so we can work for brands and talk about brands and champion their products and that's how we, we you know make money so that we can like you know provide the services that we need but at the end of the day we're unified as an industry because we all stand for the same things and so those brand things it's it's relationships and connections and our, impact our an industry too.
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's our heart we believe uh you know what i mean just all of us are in this together you know yeah, what i mean yeah. all of us that's we we, we love that and, and I, first
2: of all i'm going to put you on the hot seat right now and i'm going to ask you please come back and, and hang out with us some more um i know that um we we've got to wrap this up because i know that we're both on a tight schedule but um Dude, we we've got to get more. We we have to get more of you on, on the so podcast. So much more to
3: tell you that I, so I know. There's to so much. You. I mean, this is like a little like taste, <laughs>
2: little teaser, right? This is a this is like little uh, Tony saucer there, man. It's just right. a little taste, but you you just want more. You just want to keep coming back for more. And, and so, um, if people want to find you, how can they? Uh, how can they kind of uh, locate you, find you? Whatever? Yeah. So
3: I'm on all the social media channels. Um, my name is fairly distinct and recognizable, easy to find. So, A M M O N C A R V E R all, uh, all uh, single spaced on on Instagram. So Ammon Carver, and then Ammon Carver on Facebook. Um, I think somebody made me a YouTube channel once. It hasn't been updated, so <laughs> I would probably recommend the Facebook or the Instagram ones. Um, but I would, I would love to be back, you guys, because you know I left you guys at kind of like the saying goodbye to New York City and being excited about the new chapter. But that's been three years, and so we yeah, haven't even really so tapped into what's been going on right now. And so like. If you'll have me back, I would love to share with you like 100%. what's currently been going on and what's currently driving me because current events in the world are are crazy, and yeah. I think it's it's more important than ever to be connected to purpose, and I feel particularly in in the best place of my life when it comes to mentally. Understanding and helping navigate what we can do and how we can create an impact. And so I'll just leave the little cliffhanger with you guys so that you get me back mm-hmm. on the show sooner.
0: <laughs> no doubt. 100%. That's, def- that's definitely, definitely happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, we'll, 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 before we'll say goodbye, but before we hang out, we'll have it on the books. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> we'll definitely do <be> that.
2: <laughs> Mr. Ammon Carver, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.